Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my co-host, fellow nerd, Matt O'Hara. Hey. And today we are going to talk rookie running backs, uh, the class of 2014. We're going to talk about Carlos Hyde all the way down to Isaiah Crowell. Uh, We're going to get into details about guys we do like, guys we don't like. Our rankings on DynastyNerds.com will be changed this week. So we're going to go off of basically our top 10 of last week, but I could, I could, we could pretty much agree that the top 10 is pretty well-rounded, and these guys are going to stay in the top 10. Uh, this is episode number three. This is our third podcast. And, you know, I do ask if you guys do like the podcast and you do enjoy it, go out on iTunes and give us a rating. You know, give us an honest rating. Let us know what you think. We'd like to hear your feedback. And uh, we appreciate the rankings because the rankings put us out there with more listeners and help more dynasty and fantasy football players out there. So if you guys can get out there and rank us and give us your honest opinion on what you think of the podcast, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, getting back to the running back class, you know, Matt, this this class with all the receivers, you know, the receivers are really talked about. Our rankings show that the receivers are highly rated and number one thing coming in this draft. But there is a lot of talent out here in running back. Uh, and with that talent, there is a lot of question marks. A lot of these guys, their, their rankings and what we think of them, it's going to change. It's going to change after the draft drastically, more so than the receivers. You know, like the Mike Evans and Sammy Watkins, those guys, the guys are stuck up top. And no matter what happens, like Jordan Matthews and some of these guys are stuck up top. But these running backs are really going to change a lot after the draft. Uh, so, you know, the, they are going to change drastically. That's what, you know, the um, situation really plays a big, big part in these guys, um, where they're going to be ranked. I mean, uh, besides, I mean, after Carlos Hyde, I think you and me both agree is probably going to be the best running back running back coming out this this draft. There's a bunch of guys that are uh, closely rated. They're not very not necessarily similar backs, but they're closely rated on our boards. So yeah, I agree. I mean, there's a lot of these guys that they are. They, it's kind of hard to push one ahead of the other. What do I like really? Who do I like more than the other guy? And there's five guys in here that I really do like a lot, um, and I'm happy that. I do like them a lot because I feel with these wide receivers, they are going to be pushed back in this draft. So I think in this rookie year draft, I think you're going to get some really good quality op, you know, running back opportunity late in the draft where more so in the, in the past, a lot of those running backs go really early. They're usually the fir- first round just littered with running back ta- being taken. And now with all these good receivers coming out, a lot of these receivers are going to be running backs going to be pushed back. So late first, early second, you're going to get previous years high picks of early round guys. These guys would have went early in last year's rookie mock drafts, or not maybe last year's with Monty Ball and Le'Veon Bell, but, you know, previous years. Right, right. I see it either going that way or, I mean, inevitably, I don't know. I, I, have, this, I have this feeling once the draft comes and, and you know, these people find homes, they're, the running backs are going to start shooting up the boards also. I mean, once we have a better feel of their situation, I think they might they might start creeping back up. They always do. Don't they, they always do. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I mean, you can say that now, and it sounds it sounds like it'll hold up. But I, you know, those people get the itchy trigger fingers for those running backs come draft day. Yeah, I mean, when you talk regular redraft fantasy, people need running back help. Right. So when you talk dynasty fantasy football, right, 
You always need running back. You can never have too many running backs because the commodity on running back is, I mean, they're literally worth their weight in gold. You're going to get your best returns. I mean, besides those, like, top-tier receivers, you're going to get your best return on running backs because everybody needs one. So people mostly will overpay for a running back. If you have one, yeah, for sure they're going to overpay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just that's what we've noticed uh, over the last 12 years if you ever, we found out. If you're ever lucky enough to get a glut and you can start trading them, yeah, you're going you're gonna to get a king's right. Yeah, I mean, and that's, I mean, I, I did that previously. I mean, Matt and I league was a year ago or so. Stephen Ridley, I just, I found myself in a surplus of running backs, which I was like, oh my God, I've been, tr- I was trying to build running backs, running backs, boom, surplus. And I had Stephen Ridley, and I wasn't as big as most people were on Stephen Ridley. And after that season ended two years ago, I said, you know what? I am selling this guy as high as possible. And who can who can come knocking at my door? And uh, who could? Matt came knocking with Jordy <laughs> Nelson. And I said, you know what, Matt? You've got yourself a deal. So, you know, sometimes, yeah, if you can get a surplus of running backs, definitely with their short sell, sh- uh, short shelf life. <laughs> as Sally sells me her seashells. Uh <laughs> You know, the, you could turn them into high first-round picks or good quality young receivers and get, you know, turn that Stephen Rindley into a long-term solution. Right. Even though I turned around and turned, sold Jordy Nelson for Monty Ball, which this year I hope to pay dividends. But enough about me. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's get back into these rookie running backs. And like we said, Carlos Hyde, we both agree, is our number one running back coming in this class, correct? I, yeah. I, I, I wasn't as convinced as you were until I started watching the tape on him. I mean, I... I I am an Ohio State fan, so I did watch him all year. But for whatever reason, I think I might have had like Beanie Wells syndrome, mm-hmm. where I wasn't I wasn't sure I could trust what I was watching like week to week. But then I went back and and I was kind of anti Hyde for a while, and then I went back and watched every like all the top ten players film, and I came away thinking that Hyde is the best after all that. So I kind of came like full circle on that. Yeah, he's the one guy that when I see run, he's the one guy that stands out to me and still yells NFL back to me. I mean, ever, like we said, a lot of these other guys have some kind of issues. It's not that Hyde doesn't have some issues as well, but he's the one that screams at me, hey, I'm ready to start playing on Sundays. I'm ready to come in right away and help an NFL team win. I mean, he was suspended the first three games last year, still came in rushed for over 1,500 yards, averaged over seven yards a carry. Um, he has a gr- he has the perfect size, you know, five eleven and three. It's almost you know almost six foot, uh, two thirty. So he's a big, strong, powerful back. He's physical, downhill runner. But for how big and powerful he is, I mean, he's nimble on his feet. He really picked that up this year. I mean, he shed about ten fifteen pounds before this year, uh, this past year. I mean, and uh, and it was it really paid huge dividends on his quickness and lateral agility like I, it, it almost looked like he was a different back this year. yeah i mean he again i watched ohio every ohio state game too and i always liked carlos hyde and they ran that running back committee at ohio state too but this year you know urban meyer said hey we're giving hyde the ball when he came back and they did and he just dominated uh early on for ohio state and not early on i mean he actually got better as the year went oh, yeah, along definitely and as games went on too like he would just wear people down with that big body i mean 230 pounds just sledgehammer all day yeah i mean he's just He's coming. He's coming into the NFL at his peak right now. And what's nice is, even though he's a senior, he doesn't have a lot of wear on his tires. Right. You know, he's he's only got uh, those last two years uh, that he's really gotten a lot of carries. Um, he's a good blocker, and we can definitely agree when it comes to you know playing running back in the NFL, you have to be able to pass protect. Mm-hmm. If you want to play on you know all three downs and be in there 
uh, and any time in the field, you're going to have to be able to pass protect. And that's something Carlos Hyde can do. Uh, he's a big back. He's strong. Uh, I said not a lot of wear on him. You know, he, he's not a home run threat. He's not super fast. Um, he broke it, some long runs, though. I mean, yeah. I mean, 30, 40 yard variety. And, and in the NFL, that's really all you need, you know. Yeah, and I mean, you could say he's not, you know, he's not great in the passing game. Uh, he doesn't have complete stone hands, though, either. I mean, I've seen him catch nice little outlet passes and, and you know, take them upfield. Yeah, he can catch the ball. I was thinking about more along to, like, blitz pickup. Oh, you know, okay, that's been right, a knock right. on him for uh, his blitz pickup. And, but that's something, you know, we can agree that he can work on. Right, absolutely. So, so, I mean, besides being, like, you know, that burner, I mean, Hyde, there's, and there's not much to really pick at. For right. him, for right. me personally, again, I mean, I just think he's ready to come in and help right away. I mean, for me, like we just did our rookie mock draft, and he went number three overall. Right. And some people are like, wow, Hyde number three overall over, you know, so and so wide receiver or maybe another back they like. But to me, the more I watch him, and if you need a running back, I don't think that's too high. I don't think that's too high either. And that's what I that goes back to what I was talking about earlier. That's the kind of things that you know, the owners with the itchy trigger, trigger, trigger fingers get, you know, they, they start picking these guys high. And, and I think, I think Hyde's actually worth it. I don't think that would be too much of a reach. So, I mean, running backs are naturally going to get pushed up. And, and even without that, I think Hyde belongs in the top three or four picks. Yeah. I mean, again, he has less than 600 touches. He is a senior too. So not only are you getting, you know, somebody that doesn't have a lot of wear on their tires, but he's he's also he's coming in more mature, so that always helps Absolutely. in the NFL. Absolutely, you know, maturity's you know we might not think it is, but maturity is a big thing in the NFL as well. Uh, so I'm a really big fan of Carlos Hyde. He's he should be clear cut our number one come here April in our April rankings. And the more I watch him, the more I'm kind of wishing that you know I wish I can get up now. Before I'm thinking, oh, can I get up and get like Jordan Matthews or maybe one of those receivers? Now it's like, man. I really got to try. Can I get up there and get Carlos Hyde? Right. If I need a running back, that's what that's what I'm doing. And this year in this draft, you might be able to pull some kind of tricky maneuvers to kind of do that, to get up to get that number one running back, knowing mostly that these two receivers and Evans and Watkins are going to go clear cut one and two, most likely in most leagues. So, so Carlos Hyde's our number one. Um, and after this, and even on most boards, not everybody else is going to have Carlos Hyde. I've seen, I've seen such a variety of rankings. A lot of people like Lake Seastrunk. A lot of people do, and I do too. Um, I don't think Carlos Hyde's a clear like a miles ahead of Seastrunk. I think, I think he's it's clear between me and you that he's he's the best. And we'll have to see how the rest of our staff members rank him. Because I mean, who knows when when we get all of our rankings redone here in this coming week. It may be Lake that's that's ahead. I mean, it's that close. He's number one now, yeah. isn't he? It, yeah, he is. So we'll see if people's opinions change right. uh, as we have we had more time to watch tape and study it. Right. Again, we know. I mean, he, Carlos Hyde has been my number one running back since since the college season, pretty much. And I know you said you've already changed your mind to more. I mean, he's jumped drastically in your rankings. Like I said, I re- I liked him during the season, and then I got like scared off by Beanie Wells because I drafted him like three or four years ago and he I mean I don't know I it's one of those things where you don't want to pick a guy just because you like Ohio State like I almost went so far the opposite way to be like ah like I, I'm not I'm not being biased you know uh I don't want to have an Ohio State bias or yeah like I mean and that's always gonna have, everybody has their favorite college team right and it, you're always gonna be a little bit more biased to your college team, right? Because right. you get because let's face it, the more tape you watch, the better you know a player. 
the more confident you are. So if you watch every Ohio State game and you've seen every game Carlos Hyde plays and you know what he can do, that's a big thing. Right, right. So, but let's let's talk about Lake Lake Seastrunk a little bit. Um, he's my number two back that I have on my board right now. Um, a lot of things I like about his game. R- really does. Same thing. He's a, he doesn't have a lot of tread on his tires too. You know, he's coming in with less than three hundred catches and you know touches in college. Um, where he averaged over seven yards a carry. Now it could be said something that he was in Baylor's offense, which it is, it, it is a little bit of a tricky offense. Or... Yeah, which helps. But you know he has good he has good burst. He's elusive. Um, he has really good stop and start capability with very good, good vision. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a really shifty, elusive back. With you know, he keeps his pad level low to the ground too. Um, so he has a lot of on tap potential with a very high ceiling. You know what I noticed when I was watching tape? He doesn't like, I, I can't really put my finger on it. He doesn't run with power, but he's like almost like slippery. Like he is just like really quick in and out of his cuts where, where he doesn't get tackled. You know, he doesn't get knocked down. You know, like I've seen a couple of guys just get like flat out knocked over cause they were running too high and they couldn't move. And, yeah. and he doesn't display that. I mean, he's in and out of his cuts and, and he's just, Slippery, I guess. Is he's the a way finesse I, runner. Right, right. Yeah, he's not powerful, um, and he's not really great between the tackles. That's not what he's really great for, because he's a finesse runner. That's right. what he does. I mean, he comes down a little bit easy. He's small. I mean, he's only he's only two hundred one pounds, five foot nine. I mean, yeah, that's a, so that's the size tiny. isn't there. Right, but that's a small I mean, guy. you don't have to be big if you're shifty. No, I believe. I believe. I mean, coming in the league, I, Ray Rice was that exact same size. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, so, it's, some of these guys are going to put on muscles. Exactly. Um, he's not he, muscles. <laughs> muscles. Uh, and he, you know, we said he does go. He does go down kind of easy. Um, he's not really a great blocker in the passing game because he can't because of his size. He really can't sustain his blocks. Um, so he might not be the best suitable three third down back. Sometimes I mean, sometimes it's not even. It's not even how well you block, but it's kind of like a willingness to uh, get in there and, and kind of get dirty. So, I mean, if they've got that, then it's something that you can kind of build on and, and, and grow into a better blocker once you get in the NFL. I feel. Yeah, and trust me, for these running backs that come in and they can't block, that's to me, that's something that could be taught. It's about 85% of the guys that come in. Most league. of these yeah. guys that we're going to be talking about are going to have passing game problems. And it's, and it's something either you learn it, which some people do. They come in and out and then in the NFL and then they find success or they don't and then they find themselves on the bench and these running backs are slowly out of the league. Um, so for third down, his blocking's not great. He only had nine catches in college. Too. They, they never really asked him to catch. That's what I was going to bring up next. They never really threw passes to him. I, and at the combine, he actually, he actually displayed some, some decent hands, not like, you know, Andre Williams, who looked like he had two bricks for his hands. Yeah. I wouldn't throw that guy <laughs> a cotton ball. Right. Yeah. He'd, uh, he'd fumble it somehow. Yeah, so, I mean, Seastrunk, I'm really intrigued where he's going to land, too. Again, all these backs are going to be on where they land. I mean, we were talking about Jonathan Franklin last year. Uh, a lot of people, you know, they really had Franklin high. Right. And then all of a sudden he goes after Eddie Lacy, and, he, you know, some people still said, hey, you know, maybe Franklin could split some good carries with Lacy. But now if you look at Franklin, after he got his opportunity, I mean, he's he's almost worthless. Yeah, he's, he's Yeah. He is worthless. Right? Yeah, I mean, right now he is, yeah. and that's somebody last year that was I was high on Franklin. I liked Franklin a lot last so did year. I. Yeah, for sure. So it's going to depend where these guys go, and so for me, it's Hyde and Seastrunk. Those are my top two backs, and I'd be happy with either of those guys. Um, and I'm real intrigued to see where they go come NFL. And Seastrunk's one of those guys that can play in first down, second down, and we'll see. 
on third down, but he's he when I when I see him run, he gets me excited. Oh yeah, yep. I, I always love those really elusive backs. They have the you know the moves that has good vision, can hit the holes, can be slippery. Um, those finesse runners are always nice. I mean, Carlos hides those power backs and things on you know people along those lines. Those are nice because they're yard gainers. They can get your touchdowns. But I always love a home run threat. Oh yeah, I mean. Each one of those guys has to be in the right kind of offense, though, to be to be successful. I mean, Carlos Hyde needs to be fed the ball a ton of times, whereas Lake Seastrunk, he can rip off big plays and get you chunks of yards, you know, without having a ton of ton of carries per game. So yeah, and let's talk about our next guy here, uh, Kadeem Carey. You know, Kadeem Carey can easily. I've seen tons of people again have him as their number one back on their board out of Arizona, five nine two oh seven. Um, he's a three down back. He could do he could do everything. He can catch. He can block. He can run. Um, he has ability to pick up the blitz. He has good vision. He can break tackles. And he has a really good size for the NFL. I mean, he can add a little bit of muscle because um, at 207, that's not really – you probably add about 5 to 10 pounds on there as well. But he's one of those backs that doesn't do any, every, anything really great, but he's consistently good. I like, I like him in the hole and, and, and in the open field. He makes nice moves in, in both those areas. I mean, things that things that I get excited when I watch. I know you say that you don't think anything that he does anything great. I think that's one of the things that he does really well. So, and catching the catching the ball. I mean, he's almost as natural as a as a wide receiver out there catching the ball. Yeah, his his hands are soft. I mean, he, he could be. I mean, probably him and Charles Sims are probably the two pass best pass catching backs of this draft. Charles, I I say Sankey as well is in that in that group. Yeah, I mean, you could throw him in there as well. Um, and. So Kadeem Carey is one of those guys. It's kind of nice to see where he goes. It's you know somewhere like Tennessee, he's a three-down back. So he's somebody that's going to get that opportunity, and he might not be, you know, a home run threat, but he's going to be somebody that can produce right away in the NFL. That's really the one thing that I wish I saw out of Kadeem Carey is just like a little, like a little bit faster, like a, just one more gear, you know, just. Just to outrun people, I saw him get caught from behind so many times. Yeah, he's and, not. I mean, that's the thing. He's just not a home run threat. Right. I mean, he's not very fast. That's right. a, that's a big thing on him. He's just, you know, he's not very fast. He it, ran a four seven at the combine. Right. So I mean, he improved slightly at his pro day. I think he ran like a four six seven or something like that. But it's it's that's a pro day though. I mean, I don't, right? I was yeah, but it's not even like um like a huge jump. You know, like four six seven and four seven is you know whatever. Nothing. I mean, it's pretty safe to say Kerry's a first round rookie pick. Yes, he'll be, sure. yeah, he'll be a first rookie. I mean, Seastrunk, Hyde, Carey, as of right now before the draft, are all for sure three down or first round rookie picks. And I'm sure some people are going to talk about probably Bishop Sankey as well, consider a very first first round pick. Um, and we'll see. But I mean, those are the three for me personally that are for sure fire three first round picks. Because there's a lot of receivers I like as well, including Ebron too. Yeah, yeah. Again, they're going to push some of these guys down. Uh, so, for me now, and, I, and it's going to be really hard for me to change, it depends on where they go, that those guys are, like, locks. At, you know, if you have a late first-round pick and one of those guys are there, you should not even hesitate and go swoop one of those guys up. Because um, they're all three guys. That I, those are probably the safest ones in my eyes that could have success. And now there's other guys I'm really big on, like Crowell. And, you know, I like Jeremy Hill. I know you don't. And uh, Charles Sims, who we're going to talk about next. but. You know, the, for me, those three guys are the ones I feel most comfortable with coming into the NFL that I have top my board. I agree. Yeah, I mean, those are good picks. They're solid picks. They're 
they are they're low low floor guys you know you're yeah. not you're not going to totally bust out with those guys so so we hope yeah. <laughs> right. i mean that's the way i see them right i guess and, i shouldn't i shouldn't say it like certainty and like that's the that's thing with these running backs i mean you just you never know i mean i remember we go back to i can't remember what draft it was but the no sean marino draft it was no sean it was Donald Brown, and, and it was Beanie, Beanie Wells. Wells. Yeah. I mean, those were the consensus, like, over pretty much the consensus three top three backs. Yeah. And who else was the other running back in that draft? Shady McCoy. Shady McCoy. Yeah. Out of pit. And, you know, nobody was really talking about, I mean, he was still in our draft. I think he went number five or six in that draft. Yeah. So he still went high. He went after Crabtree and Hakeem Nix, I believe. But, again, you just never know when it comes to running backs. I mean. Right. They're, they're just like an NFL, they're a gamble. They really are. Um, so it's not just opportunity. It's it's their talent, and it's where they land. And even if you can find one of these guys that end up behind a back, I mean, how many times do you see these backs come in and they just get one shot and they blow up? And you know what? They're starters. Yep. And they're contributors on your fantasy team. So, you know, if there's a guy you like, even though he gets drafted in a situation behind... You know, Christine Michael's a good example. Still a first-round pick last year. Man. He's behind Marshawn Lynch, but everybody still likes Christine Michael. Um, so some of these guys you're going to have to be patient on, like all running backs, and just wait and bide your time. So if you need somebody to start right away, maybe you should trade that first-round pick and package something. If not, you're going to have to try and move up and grab one of these higher guys. But again, there's, there's going to be a lot of good talent later here because I, I could pretty much think all of our top 10 could be starters in the NFL. Pretty yeah, much. for sure, right. You know, I mean, there's a couple guys I'm I'm not as comfortable with as being a full time starter, but most of these guys I could see as starters. You know, definitely our next guy, Charles Sims. He's somebody now. Charles Sims is somebody that I, the more I've watched of him, the more that I that I fall in love with him. Um, he's really he's really good. Um, you know, he he graduated from West Virginia, but he played his first three years at Houston. Right, he graduated from Houston. Right, early. He graduated yeah. from Houston early, and then transferred to WVU for his last year, and he did extremely well there. Um, you know, he led the big, he led the big East in yards from scrimmage. Uh, he had 203 catches, uh, 70 in one year. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. Could you imagine that in the PPR league having a, having a back catch 70 passes? Yeah. I mean, he's just somebody, his hands are so soft. He catches balls. Great. Um, I mean, he could work on his blocking. Did he give you a massage or something? <laughs> you said that. <laughs> I met him once. He, <laughs> he gave me a very soft handshake. It was very smooth. Um, but yeah, like you said, he could be a PPR monster. I mean, the guy catches the ball so well. I mean, he could, if he falls, finds himself in the right offense, I mean, he could just be, he can explode. I mean, he could end up being the best fantasy back out there. Right. That's how good this guy is. I mean, I've heard him, I've heard him being compared to Matt Forte just because he catches the ball so well. He's, he's really smooth. I mean, he's not quite as smooth as, as Forte because I think Forte is kind of elite in that, in that area. But, um. He was the best running back at the Senior Bowl too. I don't know. That's really where he caught my eye. Was was there at the Senior Bowl, and and all the reports I was reading out of that were that he was the best back there. He was the most impressive. He was he was catching balls. He he just looked like the most NFL ready that at the Senior Bowl. And he could easily again. This guy is coming in as a senior. I mean, this guy could easily be the first back off the board. Uh, he could jump, you know, in the eyes of NFL guys, they, you know, because a hides character concerns or something along those lines. Or just like a system fit. I mean, if they're looking for a guy that's going to catch passes and, and be a big part of the passing game, then then Sims might go first. Yeah, and Sims is that one guy that I see after the NFL draft 
that's that has the biggest opportunity to change drastic. Out of everybody else on this list, he's the guy that I see can see making the biggest jump. You know, as some people might say, hey, look at this guy. You know, Charles Sims went to Tennessee. He's gonna get those Chris Johnson catches. Right. You know, he's gonna right. get he's gonna be a three down back. I'm taking I'm taking Charles Sims first overall. Right. You can argue that. That's right. Yeah. I mean, definitely if you're gonna pay PR league, like I said, I mean, seventy catches. That's unbelievable. What if he went to like New Orleans? I mean, Darren Sproles is out. Pierre Garcon is on his last leg, and He's and going to be thirty. I mean, Pierre so. Pierre Thomas, yeah, um, yeah. And we all know Mark Ingram is not going to be there next year. So, that, be, I mean, he'd be perfect for that kind of offense. Yeah, that'd be a really exciting place. I'd I'd be a little bit hesitant to see what they're going to do with our Ingram, just because he was a first round pick. They're going to give him some carries. Pierre Thomas is still. I I really I'm really big on Pierre Thomas this year for this year. That's what I mean for this year. Thomas is still there, but he would fit in perfect when Thomas was done. Yeah, and that's some guy who said, hey, you know, he'd be worth a, if he went to New Orleans, he's worth a high first round pick. Again, some of you might have to sit on for a little bit. Yeah, you'd sit on him for a couple years, but but he would pay off big time in my eyes. I mean, any offense that's going to feature the pass that he lands in, I think he's going to go up. He's going to be probably a top five or six pick if he goes to an offense that's like that. Even somewhere like the Jets, where, you know, the receivers aren't that great. And, you know, the offensive line isn't the greatest offensive line, even though it's not horrible. Um, and, you know, with Mike Vick there, who will probably end up getting hurt, and then Geno Smith, who's a rookie, they might he might be a perfect situation since they need help at receiver too. He can come in and help him in all aspects of the game. He can come in and play that Darren Sproles kind of role. So Charles Sims is the one guy on here that when I do my rankings, he'll probably be he's going to be higher. And after the draft, I have a very strong feeling could be in my top three backs yeah come after april um so yeah so i'm glad we're both a big fan of him uh so he's he's somebody that again i i encourage all of you guys to follow very closely come april in the draft because it would not surprise me at all if he's the first back taken uh and there's another going from uh, you know charles sims let's move on to storm johnson at ucf again we talked earlier he's another guy that the more i watch the more i like of storm uh yeah, me too. So um, I did. I didn't really really watch a a lot of UCF games this year. I didn't get a chance to. But um, when I started, when I went back and reviewed the tape, I mean, there's almost like a Demarco Murray feel to that guy's game. I I I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, cause I mean, he's big. He's six foot, two oh nine. Uh, and he doesn't hesitate when they hit the hole. Um, he's he he's got good vision. Um, he's he's more fast on the field when I saw. Then you know maybe it's forty times. Uh, he's got that good stiff arm that he's used in college, and he can catch the ball. He's yeah. I was gonna and, say and Demarco kept, Murray, same thing, kind of big. So he does remind me of kind of Demarco. He's, he's a Murray. bit upright too in in his running style, which which kind of just make. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's that or or that he catches the ball well or or what it is, but it kind of just reminds me of him when he runs. Yeah, I mean, I like the way he cuts when I when I watch this. When I was watching the tape, the one thing that I was like, you know, I like the way he plants his foot. I like the way he cuts and hits the hole. Uh, and he you know he sees the hole as well. Again, he's one of those backs which I found a lot of the you know, I guess it's probably from a lot of rookie backs too. But he goes down pretty easily as well for being, which is kind of surprising for how big he is for being six foot. He goes down kind of easy on some plays. I, I've seen other plays where he's spinning and he's got great balance, and he you know you think he's going down, and, and then he picks it back up and starts running again. So, 
I think he plays with good balance, but yeah, his upright style is, you know, might maybe lending to, to those hits, taking him down. And that could be something that could be taught. Right. You yeah, know, get your pad levels get your, low. Get your pads um, low. Because that's what a lot of the, sometimes we see these college backs, these big, tall, six foot backs do. They run more upright. Right. Which it can, it can work more in college. It's not going to work. It's, you're going to get hurt in the NFL. Right. It's just going to happen. Um, yeah, but Storm Johnson, I mean, again, I didn't watch a lot of UCF games either. Um, and the, but the tape that I did watch, I was I was impressed. Yeah. I liked him. I was like, you know, this is a guy that's moving up my boards. I could see him right now as like my five, six, you know, in that kind of category of my overall backs. Overall running back, right? Yeah, and he's somebody, again, that I can see. In, I've seen a lot of reports saying, that, you know, he's probably going to be suited as a good second back, you know, like a change of pace back. Um, but, I'd be, you know, again, in the right situation, I'd be happy with somebody like him. And right now, in, you know, you're, he's he's a second rounder. And these rookie mock drafts that we're seeing right now, like late, mid to late second round, too. Right. If you can get a guy uh, running back there that's even has a chance of really starting down the road, that's great. I mean, because a lot of times you end up with like these change of pace guys in that second round. And that's like, a, I mean, you're just taking a huge gamble. But yeah. yeah, definitely those small. And this guy's a big back. Right. So that's what I mean. Yeah. If you find some of those small change of pace backs, they're pretty much stuck in that role. They're going to be small change of pace backs. Of all times. I mean, there's going to be the Darren Sproles that come along, but those guys are few and far between. So Storm Johnson, again, he's one of those guys that right opportunity, right chance, can come in and find success in the NFL. Um, you know, through all these guys that are being rookies, I'd rather put my money on his line than a lot of these other guys' lines. That's what I did on, like, last year's draft. I, I picked up Niall Davis in probably, like, the fourth round, like something crazy because, I mean, he was injured so much in college, but I mean, he's a guy that is solidly built, and I just felt like his situation, it was good enough. You know, there was nobody really um, backing up um, uh, Jamal Charles at that point. So I mean, and and it paid off. I think, not that he did awesome or anything, but he started a couple games at the end of the year and showed that he can play in the NFL. Yeah, and I like. I mean, he had a good combine, Niles Davis, but yeah. there's a there's a lot of knock on him coming to the NFL. And I, and you got him, and I was one of those people that I was like, yeah, I kind of liked him as well. And I thought during that draft that he was somebody that I could kind of sit on because he was getting knocked so much. And he showed last year when he came in, you know, he's never going to surplant J.C. No. But if J.C. goes down, you have yourself a pretty good back right there. A valuable commodity, if nothing else, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's a guy that I, I draft in, like, the fourth round, and if the right situation happens, I could, you know, Jamal Charles goes down and he's starting for the rest of the year or something. Mm -hmm. If I'm not contending, I can trade him away. Or if I don't need him, I can trade him away and, and get, you know, first round pick for him. Yeah. And those guys too, what they, the whole, like, if you see a guy like that and they come in, say like Jamal Charles, he got hurt for a couple of games. He is out. Niles Davis comes in, has two solid, really good games. Jamal Charles comes back. He's healthy. He's awesome. Like he is, you know, uh, all of a sudden that JC owner, he might value Niles Davis more than just about anybody else in the league. Like, wow, man, you know, I can't lose JC if I do. Uh, I need a, I need a, I need a good back. Well, I wonder. I could probably get Niles Davis pretty cheap off Matt. Right. Meanwhile, Matt knows what he has there. Not so fast. Not so cheap. Not so cheap there, Jerky. So you know, I always like that maneuver of you know trying to in dynasty more than regular redraft is having your starters back up. And if you have the roster space to do it, obviously it depends on your roster size. You don't want to be wasting your roster at backups if you don't if you have a twenty man roster. But, but if you, you're able to, it's it's a really, really great commodity to have the hand that handcuff. 
Um, that way you just don't skip a beat. Right. Yeah. I mean, if if you're relying on your your guy, like say an Adrian Peterson, you always wanted to have the Toby Gerrard backup. I mean, that's just you got to be able to keep the ball rolling uh, if he gets injured. And definitely if you don't have depth. I mean, right. If you don't have other options, right. you know, come your rookie draft, you're targeting that backup running back. It's a good thing to do because if you can at least get a good talent somewhere else early in the draft, like a Carlos Hyde or somebody that you feel confident can start, get that backup. Right. So at least, I mean, you're not getting the same production and possibly can, like Niles Davis. It's still not the same, but very good production. At least you're getting production. Right. Because nothing's worse than an offer right. in that box score. So we agree. Storm Johnson, even if he ends up as a backup, is worth drafting relatively high. If he's laying, if he's sitting there staring at you in the second round, you got to for sure scoop him up and I, yeah. not even think twice about it. Absolutely. Um, let's go on to Trey Mason. Now, Trey Mason, I think Mayock just said he's the number one back. Wasn't that Mayock that came out and said, oh, he's my number one back coming in this draft? I'm not sure. I, I Mason's a really that. intriguing back. He is really intriguing. When you watch him run, he, he has got great shiftiness. He's quick through the hole. He shows good burst. I mean, the only thing I have questions about are those hands. Those hands. <laughs> oh, my goodness, those he, hands. He fumbles a lot, man. Even even lost. I mean, there's lost fumbles. He's had, I think, what, eight in the eight past? in the last two years. But there's so many, like, at the end of the play that he's dropping balls and he's pointing at the ground saying he's down and stuff like that. Like, the ball just comes out of his hands too often for me. And, that's, and if you fumble in the NFL... It doesn't matter who you. I mean, we saw David Wilson, right? You know, first round. You know, Trey Mason's not going to be a first round pick, but David Wilson was a first round pick, and he came in, he fumbled the ball, Coughlin put him on the bench. Yeah, it's that, that simple. That's what happens. It's yeah. the big boy league. They they don't tolerate that kind of crap. Yeah, it doesn't matter who you are, where you're at, you're gonna you're gonna bench. But Trey Mason, you know, he's fast, and he's only five eight and a half, but that size lets him stay low to the ground, and he has good balance too. And he's a patient runner. Now, sometimes that patient makes it look like he's like lolly, you know, dancing in the backfield. But he's a patient runner. He lets, those, and, he lets those holes develop. That's what it is. And that's great. And I, I like to see that out of backs. And even though he's small, he's strong. He can break tackles. Right. He's strong. He's compact. Um, he's agile. And he, he changes directions really quick, too. So, Without losing speed, which is huge, man. Yeah. And, you know, he finishes. He's kind of like Carlos Hyde. He finishes career at school out of Auburn at a high, at playing the best football he's ever played. So he's coming in the league at a high end there. Um, and he's, he, again, he has very little wear as well on those tires. But, again, I mean, ball security is a huge concern, probably with him more than anybody else coming in the draft of these top running backs. And you just can't fumble the ball. And another thing, too, which is weird about him is you think, okay, a small, shifty back, great third down back. But he, he doesn't really fit that category because he's really bad in pass protection. He's just... When it comes to Trey Mason, he simply cannot block. I mean, he gets overpowered, and he cannot sustain his blocks. So that's where his size hurts him. Right. So and, and we don't know what he could do in the passing game because he was underutilized in the passing game at school. He only had 18 receptions during his career. Um, so it's going to be intriguing to see where he goes. It's weird to see one of those you know, small five foot eight guys that's, that can't come in and play on third down. But well, at the same time, he's a home run threat. Yeah, that's that's. That's the thing. This is like a double-edged sword. The, I'm not really concerned about him not catching passes in college because that's really not how they used him. The, the only thing that concerns me is his fumbling. And, and I know people are going to bring up, you know, oh, Tiki Barber got his fumbles, you know, fumbling situation corrected, and then he was awesome. Took him long enough. 
Well, yeah. I mean, it can happen, but you're only going to be given so many opportunities. So it really depends on where he goes. If he goes to a coach that's no nonsense about that kind of stuff and it isn't going to stick with him, right, New England, you know, like the Giants, I mean, those kind of coaches, if he goes to a coach like that, he's in trouble and he's going to have a, a really hard time getting his career started. That's the only thing I'm worried about. Yeah, and I like Trey Mason. I like what he brings to the table. Uh, for me personally, he's not somebody that I'm, I feel like I'm willing to risk in the draft. I just see, I see better opportunities, and I know a lot of people are going to like Trey Mason, and that's fine. I mean, because he really he can come in and be dynamic. For me personally, he's, I can just see me no matter where. I might just put him on the board a little bit lower for me come draft day just to make sure I don't get him. That way if he's like there late in the second and there's good value there, in this draft I just see there's other players that I would like. Again, I would take Jeremy Hill over Trey Mason. I'd take Isaiah Crowell over Trey Mason. So the, for me personally, I like his explosiveness. I, I like what he did in college. Even though he doesn't have a lot on tape, uh, he's just somebody that me I'd I'd let somebody else take that gamble personally. That's exactly how I feel about Trey or uh, uh, Kelvin Benjamin. I mean, it's the same exact thing. Like I don't like hate the guy, but I don't want him on my team. I'm gonna rank him exactly where I'm not gonna be able to get him. You know what I'm saying? Like he's gonna be low enough on my board where I'm never gonna be taking him because he's gonna be gone. Early. I love that maneuver. Yeah, I love that move. You you just you put him lower because you know you won't be able to get him exactly. Um. Let's talk about another our next guy who had a great combine, who is really high. Some people think he's the best back possibly in the draft, Bishop Sankey. Um, he had a lot of touches in college, over 650 touches. Um, so, and he's never missed a game. So he's really durable. He has great vision, agility. He can catch, he can catch the balls. He has, he's good in pass protection. Um, you know, Mike compared him to Gio Bernard. That was his comparison. Um, Five foot nine, two oh five, ran a four four. So, you know, he does he does those he does a lot pretty well. But again, he goes down really easy and he runs upright. I was I was way higher on this guy when I was looking at his stats than I was after watching him actually play Me the too. game. Which which is a bummer, you know, because he makes so many catches. He's like could be a PPR stud and and he just needs to learn how to play with a lower pad level and not get knocked over. Because yeah. that guy was man, he's like knocking over a you know a feather like he's just he's so light on it i mean so easy to knock over it it's just it's it's just discouraging yeah, when you watch it it's a big he's somebody that when i watched on tape he dropped drastically same thing i love the numbers but when i actually watched him play it's like man i don't know if i feel comfortable taking him because again he just goes down so easily and, he, and the way he runs the ball i can just see him get the way how he runs upright i could see him getting hurt in the nfl yeah um He's great in, I mean, he's great in space. He's great catching the ball. He can, he can get through the, you know, maneuver through the line and stuff like that. But as soon as he gets hit, man, he's not getting any yards. He does not break tackles. He's down for the count, you know? Yeah. And, you know, he's one of those backs, too. Again, when you get him outside and stuff, he's not really good in short yards. So he's not somebody you're going to use on the goal line and things along those lines. So there's a lot of question marks for me when it comes to Bishop Sankey. So he's, again, he's somebody that, I'm going to put a little bit lower on my board. I'm going to let somebody else take the risk on him, and I'm not even going to touch him. I'm really not. I'm not even going to go there with Bishop Sankey. I'm right on the fence. We'll put it that way. I'm, I'm going to probably put him. Probably, he's probably going to be staring at me at, like, number eight, and I'm just going to be like, do I want to take this guy or not? Yeah, I mean, for me, again, I'm just, he's, for me personally, again, on DynastyNerds.com, his ranking might reflect, and definitely on our poll, that a lot of people like him, but for me personally, I'm not touching him. And if he comes in, he's good. You know, I won't feel 
any worse about it because I just I, I the best way to say it is I just don't really like him. Right. Yeah. If he gets in like a like in like we were talking about previously, if he gets into an offense where he's catching a ton of passes, he could be an absolute monster. I mean, yeah. if, if he gets into a Chip Kelly type of offense, I mean, obviously he's already got LaShawn McCoy, but somebody else that that throws a ton of passes, I mean, he he's gonna put he be putting up points. And again, for me, it's somewhere where even if he lands in an ideal situation, it's not gonna change my opinion of him because I just don't think he's gonna find me personally. I don't think he's gonna find great success in the NFL. Just my own personal opinion. Again. You know, it's not like I watched a thousand tapes on Bishop Sankey, but from what I've seen, I'm just not a huge fan. Now, a guy I am a big fan of that you really don't like is Jeremy Hill. Nice transition. Yeah, love. I'm a big Jeremy Hill guy, uh, and he's going right now in the second round, which I love because if he's there anywhere in the second round where I'm picking anywhere, I'm taking him. We're talking about a big back here. He's six foot and a half, almost six one, two thirty three. He's a big, fast back. I mean, he ran a four six six. He wasn't that fast at the. I mean, at the combine. Straight. He's got really good straight line speed. Yeah. And, the, and it, yeah, his combine's four six six wasn't great. But when you watch him run, he's on the field. He is fast. The only thing I I, I when I was watching the tape, I didn't really like is, is he cannot move laterally at all. Not he at all. loses all his momentum and speed when he just tries to like almost sidestep. You know, like it's it's it was alarming watching that. Yeah, I no, I agree. He's a north south runner. His lateral movements are not good at all. But when you're as big as he is and as strong as he is, you don't have to. You can run straight ahead. I mean, he can run through tackles. He's strong. He can get up that field. He's hard to bring down. He's he can push the pile. He's got to be in that power scheme, man. He's just got to be going right downhill and boom. But he's got it. moves. I mean, he's got a good jump cut. He's got a good spin move. And he's also got a good stiff arm. And let's be, I mean, two years at LSU that he played, he had 28 rushing touchdowns at LSU. As a sophomore, he set the SEC record with 6.9 yards per carry as a sophomore. And not only that, out of three, you know, we're talking about fumbling problems before, out of 371 touches, he had one fumble his whole career. Yeah, that is, that is crucial. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, so he's just one of those backs that I really like. Again, in the right opportunity, I see this guy, like, I don't see him as a three down back, but a two down back that he's going to, I could just see him yard totals. I just see him yards and touchdowns, yards and touchdowns. I just see him. In NFL, is finding finding success in NFL. Now he comes in the league with a lot of characters, but I like what he did before the combine. He sent out a letter to all 32 teams, admitting what he did because he was arrested twice, and saying, "Hey, you know that happened to me when I was young. I learned from mistakes. I'm ready to come in here. I'm mature. I'm ready to help your team win." I like that out of him. I mean, that's nice. That's all well and good, but I mean, that's not going to stop him from getting busted again. Maybe it, it does show that he's matured a little bit, but. When when you when you talk about yardage and and touchdowns, for whatever reason, I can't like get Legarrette Blunt out of my head when you're saying that. And there's something about him, even when he runs, kind of reminds me of him too. And the fact that he doesn't catch passes, like that's, he doesn't catch passes. That's where I, I mean, that's where I see like his upside, which is good. But like, and he's probably really going to be useful for a football team. But I don't know how well he's going to do for your fantasy team. That's kind of the way I see it. See, I, I see it the complete other way. I see it where he is going to be helpful for your fantasy team. I mean, as long as he's getting consistent touchdowns, I don't think he's going to be one of those guys that gets 130 yards a game or anything like that. See, and without catching passes, you're dependent on touchdowns. Yeah, and he's just one of those backs that I see. If you give him 15 touches a game, I could see him scoring, getting mm-hmm. 100 yards and scoring. He's just... He's just one of those guys I have this feeling about that's going to come in. He's going to be successful. He's going to be a later round pick in this end of all draft. He's going to come in and he's going to be successful. And for me personally, he's just 
there's always a couple of those players in this draft that other people aren't really big on and high on. And me, I'm just like, it's hard for me to contain because when I get there, and like, I'm going to take him. I'm excited to get him in the second round. Oh, I've seen your gloating before when you get a guy <laughs> that you want to get. And, you know, he's somebody like, if this draft wasn't as deep, Jeremy Hill is one of those guys I'm thinking towards the end of the first round. That's where I'd have him in a most, like a normal draft at the end of the first round. So for me personally, big on Jeremy Hill. He's probably in my top five running backs this year, and I will be ecstatic, and you should be too, if you can get him in the second round. Um, another guy I'm really big on, Isaiah Crowell. Love the guy. I mean, when I watched film on him, I I, <laughs> I, uh, I thought you were going to go Devontae Freeman next. <laughs> I was a little thrown off there, sorry. But, um, I mean, I he's got major off-the-field issues, obviously, yeah. which got him, you know, out of Georgia and into Alabama State. I yep. had to look that up mm-hmm. for a second. I forgot where it was. But, but I mean, the guy is amazing. He's he's probably the best pure running back prospect in this draft, to be Very honest. Very possibly, yeah. I mean, because he succeeded at Georgia. I mean, he was a five-star recruit. He was SEC freshman of the year. Yeah. And the guy has got the talent to play. I think he set a freshman record there in Georgia. I do not know that. I think he did. But, like, I almost mean, 900 yards rushing his, his rookie year. He was very I mean, productive. freshman year, yeah. I mean, he's got great, he got, he's got great size in the NFL. And, it's, again, he's one of the people you watch a tape, and you're like, man, this kid is good. Definitely watch that Georgia tape. Like, he is really He runs good. with some violence, man. I like it. Yeah, when I, me when too. I, when I, that's the kind of running back I like to see, man. He hits the holes hard. He's got great wiggle. He can, he can you know, he's got good shiftiness. But he went, man, when he, when he hits the hole, he hits it hard, he hits it fast. And, I mean, that's just the, the perfect kind of running back for me. And where he might fall in the NFL draft, he's definitely not going unnoticed throughout the dynasty community. Yeah. He's definitely, he's, he's that guy that's everybody talking about, like, what do you think of Isaiah Crowell? If you go to dynastynerds.com right now and get on our forum, I have a whole forum topic strictly related to him. Is Isaiah Crowell legit? And you can see by reading that forum on dynastynerds.com is, I'm a believer. Right. And, again, he's somebody that I can see. I can see his hype pushing him higher than where I might not be able to get him. I can see him. He's, one, he, he's something that I see a lot of these pundits talking about and other dynasty sites talking about and really pushing him up the boards. And people are going to be like, because everybody likes to get that sneaky pick. Like, oh, you guys didn't take Isaiah Crowell? And it'll, pro- it'll probably turn overall, overall turn out to be a good pick. But right. again, he's somebody there in the second round. If he's there, um, he could be somebody that I could see easily jump in my Jeremy Hill love. Where Where do you think he's going to go in the NFL draft? Like, what round are you talking? I mean, because I feel late. That's what I mean. Sixth round. Yeah, I don't know. I it's going to be so hard to to draft that guy early, as early as his talent, you know, tells me mm-hmm. to, to to pick him. That's the thing. Like, oh my gosh, if he goes in like the sixth round, who knows when he'll get a Depends shot? What team he goes exactly, to? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, what if he goes to the Browns? You know, even though they signed Ben Tate only to a two year contract, this is again Crowell's like we said earlier. He's one of these guys you might have because of his off field issues, and he does go later. He might be somebody that you have to sit on for a year or right. two. Yeah. But it will be worth the wait. Um, so, you know, we're running out of time here. So I want to get real quick into a couple more backs here. You know, we're really big on Isaiah Crowell. Um, again, he's somebody that's rising up our boards and everybody else's boards as well. Um, keep an eye, eye on him during the NFL draft. Um, let's get Devontae Freeman in here real, real quick. Another a smaller back, 5'8", but sturdy, 206. So he's well built. Um, had a really big breakout season at you know FSU this year he's elusive great vision and balance um and he never missed a game and he can catch the ball he does catch the ball he's he's small enough where and and he and he plays like low to the ground where he almost gets lost behind the lineman and just pops through these little holes man he can like squeak through little holes 
and really shows a nice burst. I, I like this guy's game a lot. The only questions I have, you know, are obviously just like size related and, and hopefully he can stay durable in the NFL. Yeah, he doesn't have a lot of power. I, I, sometimes I saw a stat like something like he only had 20 or more carries two times in college. So he didn't get the ball a lot in college. I mean, not only getting 20 carries two times in your entire college career, that kind of says something as well. Um, again, he's one of those guys that's kind of, you know, small. So we'll see. I mean, he's kind of high. He's talked about. I like him, you know, but he's on a good team as well. Right. So yeah, yeah, okay. he's somebody that I'm somewhat, you know, worried about. He's somebody like that we're not going to really have time to get into now. But um, Devontae Freeman in our top 10, he'll probably be most people's top 10. He's, he's the one I see kind of could possibly slip out. I can see like the Terrence West, the Damian Williams or Jarek McKinnons or even Andre Williams kind of jumping ahead of him. Um, so, you know, again, this running back class, we can agree it's going to change drastically here in the next couple, you know, after the NFL draft. And we'll be back again to talk after the NFL draft. I really can't wait for that, to be honest with you. I, I think about it every day. It's like my it's like it's like I'm five years old again, and just can't wait for Christmas. Uh, definitely in this deep offensive draft, know, it's gonna be a really good dynasty. Just to draft see where some there. of the just to see where some of these guys go, and and you know really get clarification on their situations. Yeah, because again, the running back class is gonna be the one thing that changes drastically. The receivers right. are gonna change a lot too, but we 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 feel pretty good about the talent at receiver. There's there's definitely you know tiers right for that receiver talent, but the running backs they are like we said earlier, they're all really close and. We can easily see a Terrence West out of Towson coming up, jumping up there. The Heisman finalist, Andre Williams, had a great career at Boston College. And, you know, again, I like Jarek McKinnon out of Georgia Southern. And I really like Damian Williams out of Oklahoma. So do I. That guy is sneaker, sneaky, uh, a little sleeper. Sneaky guy. Yeah. Who, who can, you think Damian Williams, if he's like third round, yeah. again, shows the talent in this draft. Again, when it all comes down to it, there's always, a, you know, comes as we build up to this dynasty rookie draft and NFL draft, we fall in love with these rookies and their potential. Right. And most of them don't pan out. Right. <laughs> but, it, you know, you do get that little per- personal connection with these yeah. guys, so that's cool. But this is, what make dynasty, this is what makes dynasty fun. Exactly. You know, because you, you follow these rookies and you think of all this, like, oh, wow, the potential this guy has. <laughs> I could have him for five to ten years. I'm going a, I'm to a win four championships in a row. It's the best part of, you know, the offseason in Dynasty football is studying these rookies, falling in love with the guys that you like. Come draft day, you get a guy in the third round that you thought you could have got, you know, he his second-round grades and you stole them and you go to your friends like, what were you thinking? I had the best draft ever. <laughs> That's me. That's, that is rich in a nutshell. So, well, you know, that's about all the time we have for today on these rookie running backs. We'll make sure we address it later after the draft. But uh, it's a good class. We could definitely, uh, definitely, definitely agree to that. and. Make sure you check out our new rankings coming up real here in the next couple of days on DynastyNerds.com. Um, you know, feel free to ask me any questions on Twitter. You can hit me up at DynastyRich. And I'm at DynastyMatt. And thanks for listening, guys. And, again, if you can, get on iTunes, give us a rating, let us know what you think of the show, and thanks for listening. We really appreciate it, guys. Thanks, guys. Ready, set, put Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at DynastyNerds.